Sam McLaren Fahey, and this is You Survived, Now What? Season 2. It's taking everything in me not to just yell coronavirus like Cardi B, and probably more than everything in me not to just yell in general. We have officially hit the 60-day mark of staying home, and I, like everyone, have a lot of feelings. I'm in that weird, unfortunate group that was fairly prepared for the mental hit of being trapped. I recognized early on in this pandemic that I had gained some very apocalyptically relative coping skills through my illness, and I was watching as people I loved slipped into that void of constant anxiety and helplessness. On the other hand, I watched the world come together to create online concerts and shows, and families come together to learn silly dances and make bread. I watched with a slight pang of jealousy as this isolation camaraderie formed. I watched daily as the internet covered stories of these incredible healthcare workers, grocery store employees, and I watched the heartbreaking stories of those who were forced to die alone. Through this pandemic, we did what humans naturally do. We graded the trauma. We told ourselves that our anxiety and our fear didn't matter because there were people dying. And if we weren't telling ourselves that, there was an entire community of people online right there ready to do it for you. The chorus of, it could be worse, was on constant repeat in six octaves. Many people are feeling the things that they probably couldn't even describe if they tried. I'm home, I'm safe, I have a paycheck and food. Why do I still feel like I'm in an endless state of dread? If you are saying these things to yourself, welcome to the club. Welcome to the weird trauma club that suddenly exploded in memberships in 2020. We don't have wristbands or drink tickets, but we do have an unwavering need to eat all of the carbs and a pretty amazing network of shoulders to cry on. So, we are here. We are moving forward with our new experiences, and we are going to share a lot of those experiences in Season 2. Most of this season was recorded in quarantine through Zoom, so there's a lot of audio hiccups along the way. Many of these stories are ones that happened PCV, pre-coronavirus. To kick off Season 2, this episode will be a little bit different. The stories in this episode are stories of the now without the now what. These are stories of people living through this new world and surviving as best as they can. When the world has found its stable footing again, we will check back in with part two of this episode as we ask these guests, now what? First, we will hear from our amazing music man, Evan, and his fiance, Mackenzie, who are navigating their nuptials in the time of COVID. I survived. I survived. I survived. Now what? We met in Mount Pleasant. Uh, We started working together. Uh, We were both going to school there. We only worked for a brief period of time and Mackenzie ended up leaving and she is the director of a summer camp and she liked me enough to invite me to come become a counselor there. And I worked there for a couple of summers and- Just friends. Just friends, strictly friends. And we had known each other for eight years before uh, we, kind of had like a not necessarily a falling up but a a period where we didn't really talk to each other and then a year later we contacted each other Mackenzie what did I send you in a Facebook message oh he said I regret the impasse that has occurred right (laughs) and so we started talking again and it actually just worked out to where we both were kind of single at the time and I don't think in the back of our mind we were thinking we should get together but we started hanging out more and it became more of a real thing that it was going to be a relationship and 
Well, and it made sense. It did. And we both supported one another. And I personally hadn't been in a relationship where it felt like I didn't have to worry about anything in the relationship. It just worked. So that was cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. We've been together for about... Three years. Three years. And then we've been engaged since... November. November. I mean, it was from pretty early on from when we started dating, we realized like, yeah, no, this makes sense. And it's I think- pretty obvious. It's like that fairy tale they tell you like, oh, when you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of had been talking about marriage anyway. And so by the time we got engaged, I mean, we also pretty much knew when we we're gonna get married partially because I'm a planner that also had something to do with it and we wanted to get married at the summer camp that's really important to us the special place yeah um, the place where we worked together for a couple of years and grew our friendship first and then eventually became a relationship and that was just as equally special yeah so because I'm the director there I had looked at the calendar for the summer and I knew the weekends that were open so like when we got engaged, I mean, literally, I think it was within like 15 minutes, Evan was like to our family because it was Thanksgiving. So everybody was there. Evan was like, yeah, and the wedding's on August 29th. <laughs> so yeah, so we got engaged Thanksgiving 2019 and then planned to get married August 29th, 2020. One of the things like we already said, this camp, this summer camp, that's like a major part of both of our lives in many different ways, was like an easy pick for where our wedding was going to take place. Nothing else really mattered in the very beginning besides knowing that Camp Chikagami was going to be the camp that we were going to get married at. And what was really cool is everything that you need to check off your list came super easy, like dress, photographer. There were people in our families that we just knew and they were willing to help us out. So we had a really good network of people that were willing to help us make this day as special as, as it possibly could be. We had our honeymoon picked out. Everything just worked out and fell into place. Just like our relationship, everything was just easy and felt like it was meant to be. Yeah, so we, I mean, we essentially had everything planned. For me, some of the very special things that I was really excited about. One, it's always been a dream of mine to get married. Well, specifically at Camp Chick. Or like a dream, not necessarily for me, but like I was always imagining that it would just be a beautiful place for someone to get married. Wouldn't it be awesome if a wedding happened at camp? <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say yeah. all the time. Also, the woman who made my mom's wedding dress for her, she doesn't do that anymore, but she's incredible. And my mom had contacted her secretly just to like gauge if she was interested and she had said that she would totally be she would love it would be an honor for her to make my dress for me so she was gonna be making my dress for me I think I was farther along with like the logistics of my bridal party and like what they were gonna wear and all of that but like Evan had his bachelor party planned and I had my bachelorette planned and my shower all of it kind of felt like it was really becoming real. And even though it's all like in the in the end, all that really matters is like that we love each other and our marriage, right? But like the stuff that comes along with your wedding and just being able to have other people celebrate you is really special. And that all just 
that all just was overwhelming to me at times that like people were spending so much time and energy and money to like plan things for us that were special. I agree. Yeah. It's cool. Like I said, we just had a really awesome network and everything fell into place really easily. Mm-hmm. We had sent out our save the dates <laughs> like not that long before coronavirus like it was kind of it was like people had gotten <laughs> we had a family member say hey i got this in the mail and we were like oh yeah because <laughs> <laughs> we haven't really told a lot of people that like things are different mostly because it's exhausting like there's so much there's so much grief and emotion in this but also not grief like we're excited to get married and just have that be a thing but like it's just a really weird combination of emotions that you feel and personally i didn't have the capacity to call every person that i love to be like oh yeah by the way this isn't happening and because coronavirus just keeps happening and so we've like tried to pick dates or like make plans and some of them have been out of excitement but some of it's like nervousness i don't know but the bottom line is we, we just want to be married we still really can't invite people because we don't know what we're going to be allowed i think the initial conversation happened before we canceled any of our bachelor bachelorette parties it was just like uh, well if we need to we could just get married sooner. And it was just like a in-passing kind of comment. And we were like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. And then Mackenzie finally called me one day and was just like, hey, Evan, I think we should probably just get married sooner. And actually that conversation did happen after my bachelorette party. Right, but we had talked home. about it before your bachelorette party. Yeah. And then the first domino that fell was her bachelor bachelor party getting canceled. Yeah. Yeah, bachelorette party getting canceled. And that was really hard. I, I wonder, sometimes as like I've navigated my own emotions through this whole thing, I've gone back and forth and almost felt like the decision to cancel my bachelorette weekend with my friends, we were gonna all be going to Chicago together and I have friends all over the country. And like, you never really get to do that, especially when you're 30. It's rare that you get to have all the people that you, that you just call your best friends together in one place. And we had everything planned and the decision to cancel that almost broke me more than having to have the conversation about, yeah, actually, I don't think we should have our wedding in August because we knew that we were gonna get married either way. And I knew that it's not like this is gonna affect our love or the fact that we're making this commitment to one another. It's just a matter of who can be there, which is really heartbreaking. But like my bachelorette party, it sounds so stupid, but like that was just like, I was just really looking forward to that. So that was like the kind of like the the straw for me. Like I had hope until that moment. And then I was like, oh shit, this is really affecting us. And I remember this was like right after shit started hitting the fan with coronavirus and like other things were up in the air. And I just was like, can I just have a week? <laughs> like, can I, can you just like hold the phone for a second? I don't want to have to make that choice right now. But then like, I was just laying in bed one night and I woke up in the morning and immediately just realized I can't put my friends and my loved ones at risk by asking them to go to a big city. And, and that's kind of where we went with our wedding too. The conversations, it was not knowing we don't know 
how long this is going to be and if this will affect our our date in August, right? But also the financial implications of the coronavirus. That was a big thing for me. Like, I didn't feel okay with having Evan's parents help us financially with the wedding or having my parents help us financially with the wedding or with the uncertainty with like Evan's job. I mean, we're both really blessed to have jobs that are paying us through this, but all of our friends that are losing jobs and getting laid off, I couldn't wrap my head around the idea of essentially like asking all these people to spend lots of money on us because weddings just cost money this soon. And that's a nice thing to think about. Obviously, we're trying to be empathetic for other people. I think in the reality of things, people would be really excited to share in our moment together. Mm -hmm. And we understand that. However, we also would feel guilty. And we don't want that cloud of guilt surrounding our wedding. Inviting so many people to come and be present in a space, like we don't know what the guidance is going to be for the number of people that can be gathered but it's also just really not worth it to us to like have to risk somebody getting sick because of a decision that we've made. And that was just something that we thought a lot about. The biggest conversation, the reason why Evan and I got engaged in November, but then knew that we were getting married in 2020, like one of the big reasons was I'm very, very close with my grandma. I've been really blessed in my life to like have a really great network of grandparents. And at this point, I have my grandma Shirley and my grandma Linda, my dad's stepmom, still alive and everybody has passed away. And I couldn't imagine getting married without my grandma there. And so that was like non-negotiable, essentially. That was like the deciding factor as far as when, because we could just postpone our whole entire wedding and celebration for a year. Yeah, but we just wanted to get married. Yeah, we want to just get married. But also like my grandma's 84 years old. And I mean, nobody's guaranteed. We can't predict anything that like everything, it's not in our hands. And it it just really, um, this whole coronavirus thing has kind of humbled my, I've never really been like a bridezilla and I wasn't really all about like doing all the crazy bougie stuff that comes along with weddings. But the most important thing to both of us was relationships and family. And And it came down to like, we know that all these other people will still support us when we decide to have a celebration at a later date, but we just need our family to be present with us and my grandma for when we make our commitment and get married to one another. Yeah, my personality type is I could just get married at a courthouse right now and be completely fine with it. I know Mackenzie needs her family there, so that's that's what we're doing. There was a couple days in the very beginning where we had already talked about this and knew that this was going to be, that we were going to postpone our wedding, or our our wedding celebration and get married earlier. But what we needed to do for ourselves was have conversations with the people that are closest to us. And so we just set it up so that we could have a Zoom call with my immediate family and with Evan's immediate family and just like told them what we were deciding and that felt like a really important piece for us obviously we knew they were going to be supportive no matter what we chose to do yeah but it's just hard to tell your loved ones that the day that we're planning on having that everyone's so excited about is not going to be as wonderful as we had imagined Yeah, it's been interesting because through this whole thing, we've continued doing marriage counseling with our priest on Zoom. Mm -hmm. 
and I kind of feel bad for her because it's been like the whole gamut of emotions and yeah who knows how to guide somebody through marriage in a time like this she has no idea and that's what we love about her because we're just kind of figuring it out together but having that consistency of still having those conversations and like being able to continue to plan this with her has been really helpful even though we've been like flip-flopping on what we want to do every 10 seconds mm-hmm. <laughs> she's been like okay well we'll make it up we had decided we're like okay we're gonna get married april 16th and we're gonna invite our parents my grandma our siblings and our priest and my friend katie who can record it so it can be live streamed in a private facebook group and that's it that's and then it. we realized that's over 10 people We're yeah like, oh crap that's against the cdc recommendation and we couldn't and so then you're like oh shit okay well then we'll wait i guess so we're gonna get married on may 30th which actually happens to be my parents wedding anniversary and we're hoping and praying that some restrictions have lifted so that we'll at least be able to have our immediate families present and we'll see what happens i guess the biggest thing that we had to consider is where we wanted to have the wedding since we changed the date and the the original venue it's obviously a very special place to Mackenzie and I. And so we were kind of just racking our brain and we decided to ask if we could have it at a farm. Yeah, our priest is the director of a farm that does programming and ministry and they have a CSA and a bunch of stuff and they're not a wedding venue. So I'm not even gonna say their name out loud because I don't want people to contact them to think they can get married there. Yeah, we're blessed to have this other option that's also very like special. It's a special place. And although it sucks that we have to not have our wedding where we want to, we still have this alternative that's still really special to us. Yeah. Where we will be able to remember it and be like, okay, well, (laughs) this is where we were married and it was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. We can tell (laughs) our kids about it. We can tell our kids about it and we can take them to a farm and be like, hey, this is where we got married. We can tell our kids that all the shit that you think is a big deal isn't really a big deal, but you can have whatever you want. Yes, you can have whatever you want. Honestly, you just got to make the best out of everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, I think for me, Evan is a pretty even keel dude. And like some things can stress him out, but like he pretty much goes with the flow. And I'm grateful because he helps me navigate my complicated emotions sometimes. Like they're not really complicated until they are complicated. <laughs> But for me personally, this has kind of been a roller coaster, but like the most important thing is that we're gonna be getting married and making that commitment to each other for life. And like this quarantine, I mean, I know that we've made the right choice in each other because there's no other person, no other human that I would rather be quarantined with. I'm also grateful we've had our dog. (laughs) It's been important for us to just talk through and navigate just I don't know but there has been moments where like I don't want to talk about it to anybody else because I'm just like thinking about it so much in my own brain in this weird quarantine life that we're living (laughs) that like talking about it gets exhausting we're really fortunate and I think it's this whole process has just made me really aware of like the abundant blessings that we have your wedding date is supposed to be the foundation for like the rest of your life but like 
also leading up to it and your family support and everybody being there for you. This experience has allowed us to really understand how blessed we are, how we can make it through anything, and really is even bigger of a foundation than we could have even imagined. But yeah, I ordered a $50 dress off the internet. I already have my wedding shoes because I was going to wear chacos. She tried to order my outfit too, but I'm, I'm pretty stylish and I can pick out my own outfits. I did order him stuff, but he's just going to wear whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did text my mom the other day though, and I said, hey mom. Oh, because the lady who was going to make my dress, we texted all of our vendors, not really vendors, our, our family friends and our connections who are going to be helping us out and essentially told them that like, we're changing our plans and our celebration is going to be postponed to next year but we're going to be getting married before I still think that like if if she's willing to make my dress for me I still want her to for our celebration when we're able to come together I think our plan is to do a vow renewal next summer sometime so that our loved ones that want to be present with us for that and for the celebration can come and we hope that it can be at camp but everybody has been really supportive. A lot of people, only really our close friends and family know what our plan is to like get married sooner. I think everybody else thinks that we're like probably postponing our wedding as well. I mean, I'm sure that there's people that probably are like, you could just wait, you know? I think that like it's made a lot of, like at least for my friends, they've just felt bad. Like you don't know how to navigate this. You know, like, it's just so weird. And like, especially my friends that have gotten married before, you know, they're like, all of this special stuff went into this. And like, wow, you don't get to experience those kinds of things. But I'm really, really blessed with like the group of humans that I surround myself with. And I think Evan too, that they're like, whatever you decide to do, we're gonna support you. And something that I've appreciated from my bridal party is that they, just because we've changed our plans, it doesn't mean that I'm not a bride. And so I've received like a couple packages in the mail with like random bride themed shit. <laughs> um, and just like had a Zoom call last night with most of my bridal party. And that just makes me feel really special because there is a part of me that's just like, yeah, that, that loss kind of sucks a little bit. What have you received, Beth? How have you felt? To be honest with you, it hasn't really sunk in. And I also have never experienced a wedding before. So personally being in a wedding before, so I don't have anything to compare it against. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, this is just how our wedding is. I just gotta go with it. Again, that's my personality type. I'm just not, I'm not gonna concern myself with what we don't have, you know? One of the things that like I've thought a lot about through this process is like, Evan and I have had a relatively short engagement and my heart just really goes out to the brides and the grooms that have been planning their weddings for years and investing thousands upon thousands of dollars into this special day and hours and hours and hours of energy into it. We are also blessed in the fact that our wedding was in August, right? Like there were people whose weddings were in April or May that like really haven't had as much time to process or like navigate the weird roller coaster of emotions that I have brings. to imagine that's pretty hard on your relationship too because it's like okay well we're not gonna have this day 
that we had planned for two years. Right. And now what? We're stuck together for a month and a half in the same house without being able to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know people that are scheduled to get married in July, like for our wedding, that haven't made a decision to postpone. And I also think it's important to just allow people to just do things how they want to do it. Yeah. I I just pray that they don't inevitably end up having to cancel their stuff too. I just I can only imagine that if we hadn't made the decision that we did and that it was leading up and we were still dealing with the same stuff that we have been and it would be even worse. I just I just keep thinking about that and and knowing that like we're really blessed in the fact that we have each other and our mindsets I guess like I mean even when I'm gonna lose my shit Evan so even keel that like I only lose it for five minutes instead of maybe a half an hour. (laughs) But I do keep thinking about the humans that have been planning these special occasions, weddings, baby showers, bridal showers, you know, all of these big life events that you, we are so used to having community around us to support. And it just really, I just have so much empathy for that. What somebody told me when I was just feeling really sad and weird about like being so sad about my bachelorette party in the very beginning was your grief is your grief and your emotions are your emotions and like this was a thing that you were looking forward to and that's important to you and the feelings that you're feeling are very valid and so you can feel them and you don't have to feel stupid and you have to allow yourself to feel the feelings that you need to feel and that was helpful to me like just I guess granting permission to grieve and to feel and navigate these things however you want because like I know that when we marry each other, we're both going to be over the moon, right? And our family and our friends will be over the moon. But I also know that like, there might be a little part of that that might be a little bittersweet because we know that the rest of the people that we imagined to be there lifting us up in our commitment to each other, maybe can't physically be present with us. And if I experience feelings of sadness or emotions like that, then I'm just going to allow myself to feel that and that's okay. Mackenzie and Evan are lucky in so many ways. They didn't have to cancel their wedding in the month that it was happening, and they didn't lose thousands of dollars on their deposits. But family and sharing this moment together was more important than any of that. Their sadness is valid. Your wedding day is a huge life event, and so are all the things that go along with it. As of this recording, the Michigan stay-at-home order is set to lift on May 15th, and many businesses must remain closed until the 28th there is no plan in place for how many people can gather or even if those orders will be extended. But like this couple said, being married to each other is the most important thing. We'll be sure to share photos and catch up with Mackenzie and Evan after their May 30th ceremony. Being forced to change your wedding date is a horrible experience, but what happens when the event you have coming up is something that can't be changed? In our next story, we hear from Sarah. She and her husband Addison are due to have their first child on May 20th. Addison lost his father during this pregnancy, and that grief was given no time before the world launched them into a full pandemic. Now the couple is navigating becoming first-time parents with the cloud of this new world hanging over them. I'm Sarah. I am a business owner. I own my own photography company, Sarah Munn Studios, and I am currently nine months pregnant, due in about three weeks. 
I just want to preface and kind of talk about, you know, what it's been like being pregnant during this pandemic and everything we've been going through. We really weren't overly prepared early on in our pregnancy for, you know, having a baby. We found out during my busy season at work and my father-in-law was battling cancer at the time too. So our main focus at the time was of course family, work, and then obviously baby too. But we really didn't start preparing fully for, you know, being parents until, you know, mid-February or so. We unfortunately lost my father-in-law at the end of January, so we were pretty tied up and spending as much time as possible with dad at that time. The baby in general for that side of the family particularly has been a huge source of joy for for everybody, even his dad before he passed. You know, he was constantly thinking, act, asking, you know, you know, excited for the baby and so was mom and so that was um that's always been almost a distraction against all the, the sadness and, and everything else too. So you know, at that point, we were pretty emotionally drained and kind of wanting a little bit of a break. So we were looking at that point to do a baby moon. Thought it would be really nice to kind of get some time together and relax before the baby came and kind of, you know, holy crap, we're going to be parents at this point and just doing that. So this is early February. We started looking into it and planning it and had a couple ideas in mind. You've heard about Corona and stuff, but it really wasn't too widespread here in Michigan yet, but we knew about it. And so we talked to our doctor about, you know, being safe and traveling and all that stuff. And she was all for it. I was healthy enough to do it. But at the same time, she's like, you know, this is starting to go on. You need to be careful. If you're gonna do it, do it soon. She wasn't too confident in us going. So that kind of, made us take a, a step back and and kind of look at it and that's in the end decided to cancel our plans and and stay at home from there which wasn't a huge deal but with all the craziness in life and everything it would we were kind of hoping for a little reality <laughs> break at that point so we stayed at home and then starting to really plan baby stuff and baby shower planning getting our registry planning out the baby room, all that fun stuff that you start doing prep and try to feel like you're prepared for taking care of a tiny human. And so it's getting later and later and my baby shower was scheduled for the first weekend in April, April 4th. And this is probably March or so, I'd say. Early March is when it was starting to really hit home. I stopped working Oh, the first week in March, I started getting a little worried about it and I didn't have too many upcoming sessions or, or meetings or things like that. So I thought at that point, while we're trying to be safe and make sure that I don't get sick, it would be best for me to stop working at that point. The following week, my husband got orders to work from home, which was great. So that also made us feel a little bit safer too. And so Early March, we were still thinking, you know, it's not that bad yet. Maybe we can still do it. And so we kept holding off and holding off. And of course, all the extra cases and everything were coming through. And then we had to obviously cancel our baby shower to make sure that 
our friends and family were safe and that of course we were safe too not to mention at that point all those restaurants and stuff were closing down anyway so we really didn't have a choice so that really stinks because we didn't feel like we've had much time to really celebrate in the fact that we're bringing a new life into the world and everything so it kind of sucked but obviously with things getting worse people were panic shopping and everything like that we were just getting really concerned that we couldn't get basics for our baby you know diapers and wipes and there were days where i was um you know it really sucks to do this when you're hormonal and pregnant <laughs> But there were days where I had anxiety so bad, I, I didn't sleep, you know, I just, I had a hard time breathing, I just, I couldn't focus or do anything productive at all. I was just worried about just diapers, wipes, basics. A couple of my friends found out, my mom, and they all rallied up and went to like a million stores when they shouldn't have, because at that point there was no diapers or wipes online or anything like that, and uh, they all went to a million stores and rallied up and got us enough for at least the first few months or anything. So that was that was a huge relief. That made us feel a lot better. After that point then, my husband got furloughed from his job, so he was no longer working from home. So neither of us were working. That was obviously scary too. You know, we're getting through that. But I haven't seen my, I've seen my mom once. She dropped off food for Easter. She just dropped it off on the porch for us and made us two dinners because one wasn't enough and she just felt so bad because she hasn't been able to see us. Of course, with everything going on with uh, Addison's side of the family early on in the pregnancy, I didn't see her a whole lot either. We've been social distancing and pretty much just been me and my husband the whole time. And um, my poor mom has missed out on everything and she's so excited because it's her first grandbaby. She hasn't felt any kicks or, or anything fun. She's called me up crying because she knows she can't be at the hospital. It breaks my heart that it has to be like this. You know, extended family and friends, they're not even on the radar, sadly, because I don't know what's gonna happen. So it's been harder emotionally without, uh, without your tribe there with you. It's been a lot of Zoom calls and Facebook and and all that for advice versus talking, having a coffee or lunch with your girlfriends that have been through it all. But it's a lot different. It's a lot different than being face to face with somebody to do it. So it's 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 been a lot harder without your tribe there to support you, even though they're there supporting you, but not with you ever, you know. Again, I've been more lucky than everyone else. I, I'm sure you heard there's people in New York that weren't even allowed to have their spouse or poor person with them. I that I that was a huge source of pain, you know. I just I couldn't I couldn't imagine doing this without Addison, my husband. That I just feel so bad for these people that had to go through that and you know, we're trying to take every precaution to make sure that doesn't happen. With Michigan planning to relax some of the social distancing rules mid-May, there is the possibility that Sarah's husband Addison will have to return to work very soon. I asked Sarah what that could mean in preparation for their birth and what precautions the hospital would take. When he's supposed to go back is right around the due date, so we'll, we'll see. 
it's really just going to depend on the business's needs. You know, if he gets sick, he can't be there. If, or if he gets me sick, right after birth, they'll immediately take the child away from us. <laughs> we, we wouldn't even get him. May 20th is my due date. So unless the stay-at-home thing is extended, there should be at least some loosening of rules at that point. But birth-wise and, and stuff like that, I think it'll still be tight for quite a while. We both have to make sure we have absolutely everything we need and take it with us. I believe we have to bring in the car seat right away too. If he leaves or we don't have anything, he wouldn't be able to come back or we're out of luck. So we're just trying to be prepared and pack smart, but also not pack too much because it still kind of grosses you out to be in a hospital at this time. <laughs> to have all those things, even though that's one of the most sanitary areas of the hospital, it still kind of grosses me out. Yeah, he'll he'll still be able to be there, just nobody else. One of my girlfriends was in and out in 18 hours with her healthy birth, so it seems to be that they're trying to get people in and out quickly, a lot faster than they normally would. But yeah, I mean, on the flip side, it's, it's obviously been a, a thing of joy in the darkness and everything. And we've been very lucky in the fact that yes, we still have insurance. Yes, all of our friends and family are still healthy and safe. And, you know, we're really lucky with, with all of that, that we haven't had the COVID hit close to home. So we're really grateful for that. And, uh, you know, we're in a better place. I feel like than a lot of people have been too. So we're, we're really lucky on that. It's just a scary time for everybody, you know, and it's just feeling extremely unprepared and unready. And at a time where you probably already feel that way, has <laughs> been a lot of fun. But uh, now that we're near the end, I think we're kind of at a weird sense of calm and we're almost like adapted to all of this weirdness. So it doesn't seem as bad as it did you know, a month or so ago. And I, I don't know how, you know, my mom instincts are gonna kick in because I feel like if it was normal and we weren't going through this, anybody can hold the baby, pass him around, enjoy him, snuggle him, come over, whatever. And I don't know how that's gonna be after. You know, am I gonna have a panic attack anytime like my cousin wants to hold a baby or, you know, close friend? I mean, it's gonna be, a little different than than what I was expecting for sure that's when all that's when I was having all that anxiety too we weren't getting stuff the baby shower came and I don't think I think we got like one gift sent from one of my friends at that point which at at that point that would I would say would be the, probably the height of most people most people's fears of, of this, you know, that's when people were out panic buying, you know, losing their jobs, getting laid off, stuff like that. So I get it and I understood that. And, you know, I wasn't trying to be greedy by by any means, but we, we weren't, we weren't getting anything for a long time. And that was, that was a big source of panic because I was just, gosh, just the diapers. <laughs> The other stuff we probably could have lived without, but man, the diapers would have been helpful. I would say within the last few weeks now, we have been getting some stuff. We didn't get stuff from everybody. And you know, that's, it is what it is. And we would never ask for any of that, but we're grateful for everything that we've gotten so far. We, we do have to buy a lot, but um, 
we wouldn't have been able to do this at all without, you know, my mom and dad and his mom. They went above and beyond by by helping us out with with everything. So we, like I said, we've been really lucky with it. Thank God I've been healthy and baby's healthy. Like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky that I haven't had any of those extra circumstances to cause any additional stress or, or, or things like that. It's just normal becoming a mom and then a pandemic on top of it. We're adjusting to everything and, you know, I think we'll, we'll be okay. It'll just be a little difficult without the tribe, but, you know, well, I'll have my husband We'll have our parents and I think that'll be about it for a while until, I don't know, things get better. I will say this, there, there's there been some positives, obviously. I mean, getting to spend, I, I mean, basically two months now with, with Addison, for me, it's been great. I mean, yeah, of course we're gonna bicker and do things that married couples do, but like we didn't have that time together beforehand. We didn't have that like, bonding time that we needed early on you know we did now so even though we didn't get to do our baby moon and you know those the typical types of things where you just get away to enjoy each other's company like we're with each other all day every day and it's you know he's my best friend and it's been nice sarah and addison have been through so many states of grief in this pregnancy but they know that their son will be the light at the end of this tunnel we will stay in touch with this couple through the next few months and be sure to share news of baby Muntz's arrival. If you would like to see Sarah's incredible photography work, her website and social media pages will be available in the show notes. Finally, I had one very last important question for Sarah. Are you going to name your baby Corona? <laughs> no. <laughs> no Corona, no COVID with a K. As we continue through our stories, our next guest is yet another missing a huge life event, senior year. We spend 13 years of our lives leading up to that one year of being kings and queens of the school. Prom, senior skip day, signing yearbooks, graduation, these are all rites of passage that everyone deserves and memories that people still talk about decades later. For so many seniors, those memories were taken without warning. Next, you'll hear from Summer a high school senior who has moved beyond a stage of constant tears to a stage of isolation angst. I'm Summer. I'm from Michigan. I go, well, I used to go to Port Huron High School. I'm a senior, and most recently, due to the coronavirus, my senior year is cut short. But before that, everything was completely normal, and it's crazy to think that this messed everything up. Like, I went to school every day the same. I really took advantage of it because I didn't realize what was coming, and it was just every day was normal. And out of nowhere, I didn't even know it was going to be my last day of school. It just ended like that. And now I'm stuck at home and I can't go back to school. So at first, it was all just like, oh gosh, th this is stupid. It's literally like the flu. Like, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Like, it's in China. Like, I don't even remember when I got into China. It was like, I think it was in like January or December. And we didn't even know about it. Like, my school was normal. We literally didn't even talk about it and it just came out of nowhere that week of school even we were like the last week i was there i i don't understand why this is such a big deal like we didn't think anything of it like even the last day like the thursday last thursday i was in school 
kind of just thought like, oh yes, we get a couple weeks off school, but we had to go right back, but couldn't even go back. So like, I was not expecting it and neither were my friends and neither was anybody else. Neither were the teachers. My friend's mom is a teacher and even she wasn't expecting this to last this long and even to not go back to school at all. It's just crazy. I remember I didn't end up going to school that Friday because my parents didn't want me to because they were already scared like by then, even though I thought it was a big deal. At first, it was just a couple weeks, and I don't even remember if it was going to be till spring break. I thought we were going to go back before, but maybe it was until after spring break, and then right after that, we were supposed to actually be going back this Monday. Like, this was like the first time they said that, but then they extended it even further, and then most recently, they extended it for the whole entire school year, so. Well, most recently, we were supposed to have Every year they have this Big Red Believe game, which is a fundraiser basketball game, and all the seniors, you can sign up for it, and you can play in the game against like teachers that sign up, and it's a fundraiser for any like a kid that needs money if they're sick or something. That's the most recent thing we missed out on, but I, we're also going to miss out on, there's an academic award thing, which I would have been a part of because I got summa cum laude, so I would have gotten a medal, and we would have had an assembly. I don't know yet if we're missing out on prom. I feel, I think that they're going to try and reschedule it, I hope, but I don't even know at this point because this could last way longer than anybody's thinking. I'm also missing out on track. We also have a senior walkout, which is like on the last day of school for us, which would have, would have been in May. And the band plays and they follow us out as we walk outside. Um, usually we would also have people sign our yearbooks. We won't even do that. They're gonna mail them now, so nobody's even gonna sign those. Then our senior assembly, which is kind of like our graduation, except it's in our school in front of everybody, which that's not gonna be rescheduled, obviously. And then our graduation, I don't know if, like, I would hope that'd be rescheduled, but I heard that some schools in different states, make they might, they're considering making it online if it gets bad enough. This is part of the year that, like, you're looking forward to. Like, the first semester, I mean, you do some stuff, but this is the part of the year that you look forward to, like, all throughout high school and all throughout middle school. This is when all the fun stuff happens, so it really sucks. And I hope they can at least reschedule some of it because it's really sad. Prom was supposed to be May 9th. So I'm hoping at least if it gets better by, like, this summer, we can have it in, like, July. But I don't even know if it'll be better by then, which is really scary to think about. But for the fall, I'm planning on going to Grand Valley, but at this point, I've also heard that those might be going online too, which is kind of scary, especially if I'm a freshman and I'm supposed to be going to college orientation and stuff, and it's going to be a whole new experience for me, especially those classes are going to be way harder than what I'm used to. And if I have to go online for that, that is really scary for me. And it's part of the experience also, like meeting new people and like, I don't know what they're going to do about that. I would, I would hope it wouldn't take take it into college too but at this point I don't know it's been kind of hard because my friends all live in the same neighborhood as me too so we could be seeing each other but we really can't sometimes we like go and see each other but we have to sit six feet away from each other because my mom has made sure to tell me that multiple times so I don't get sick because I don't know if they have it either and it's really hard we the day that we found out that school wasn't going back we were all Snapchatting each other, all crying in, a, in bed. We were all really sad, and we never thought any of this would happen. We never thought it would get this far. 
I don't think anybody did. No one really understands like how it feels when you're if you're not like a senior. I mean, it, it sucks either way, but like this especially hurts us, you know. I wish it, this could have happened at any other time, but you know, you can't really control that. There's a lot of stuff that usually happens in the fall, like football games, we went to every single game, even the away games, and those were really fun. I'm glad we got to have that experience at least. And we also had um, homecoming, and I've, I'm in a leadership class, which is with a seniors in my grade that the teacher chooses specifically for the class and we go to this camp called Camp Copaconic and we do that for like a weekend and it's like a bonding experience and that was that was also a good memory that I have which I'm glad I was able to experience and then we also went on a ski trip for my leadership class but that's about all that we really got a chance to do like all the stuff that was going to happen for our senior year was going to happen now There's not much to tell them besides the fact to just enjoy it while you can because you don't know you don't know if something like this could happen to you which I would hope it wouldn't because this is like crazy and this is like something that's never happened before but just enjoy it while you can because you never know what could happen and just like I said earlier with it being our last day of school that one day and we didn't even know that it was our last day like it was just a normal day for us and then it turned out that it was our last day of school like I've talked to a lot of people and they've all said that they wish they could go back and relive like the last day at least so they could do it differently than they did before. I've already let out a lot of emotions about it. Like I've been really sad and no one really understands. I also saw like, you know how people are posting every, everywhere like, I'm, I'm so sorry for the seniors and whoever is getting affected by this. And then there's always people that comment, they're like, I don't understand, people are dying. But like, okay, people are dying, but other people are sad too. Like there's a lot that's happening and that doesn't help either. We're not experiencing a lot of things that we were planning on experiencing and we can't like go back and change it. So like, I wish people had a better understanding for us, but they really don't because some people just don't understand. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to you. It's just really depressing that I don't get to experience everything that I've been looking forward to my whole entire life. And I've literally worked so hard to get to this point. And I know it's just high school, but like high school is high school. You can only do it once. There are so many voices telling seniors it could be worse, but senior year is full of memories that those kids will never get back. It's the last year that many of them get to spend with their friends before moving away and it's the year where they get to celebrate what they've essentially worked for their entire lives. With all of the uncertainty moving forward, we don't know what the summer will hold for these kids, and we know even less about what fall will hold for those who should be moving into dorms and meeting new friends, rushing sororities and getting ice cream at 3 a.m. with random down-the-hall friends. The world is on pause, and while we focus heavily on the frontline workers and on those fighting for their lives through this disease, we forget that there are so many people missing out on the lives they had planned for themselves. There is also an entire population that was told to uproot everything they knew and have the coping skills and maturity to understand and process what was happening. That population is our children. Our final guest today is just seven years old. Although it's hard for children to express how they're feeling, their mental health and recognizing that they are people with feelings is essential. 
Luckily for our guest, his parents are very cognizant of what he must be going through, and they work with him on techniques to cope in this new weird space. I asked him to share some of those thoughts and feelings with us today. My name is Victor and I'm seven years old. What grade are you in? First. Well, I'm about to be in second grade. I want to know, what do you know about what's happening right now? What do you understand about all this coronavirus? It's frustrating for everyone. Why is it frustrating for you? Because I miss school and I don't want people to get sick. What do you miss about school? Um, My friends and my teacher. How did you feel when they told you that you weren't going to go back to school this year? I felt a little bit sad. Yeah, you like school? Yeah, I really like it. So how have you... It's a dreamland to me. It's a dreamland to you? (laughs) Yeah. Why is it a dreamland to you? It's because I learned a lot and my teacher is so nice and I just miss all my friends right now. Yeah. But my friends are the most important part about my my favorite part in school. I use the app on my tablet called Messenger so I can talk to my friends. Yeah, but it's kind of different still, huh? Yeah, or I could talk to my friends on Zoom. My teacher sets it up, right? That's pretty cool. What do you do at home right now that makes you feel better when you're sad about it? I play on my cabinet and I play a game called Roblox, which has multiple games in it. Here's a really important question I want you to think about, okay? What do you think that adults and grown-ups should do to help you kids, to help you guys feel better about this? I would say this. I would just, I would just make, tell them to calm down or get their anger out. Get their anger out? That's a good one. How do you yell, get your yell anger out? Yell in a pillow like I do. How do you get your anger out? Yell in a pillow. What makes, you, what makes you want to yell in a pillow? What's making you angry right now? That would be the coronavirus. I'll show you. Okay. Ah! <laughs> That's a really good way. That's a really good way to do that. Do you think that grown-ups should yell into their pillows too? <laughs> yes. I would record that on my tablet, taking a video, recording <laughs> my mom yelling in her pillow. I think that's really smart. So do you think that you feel angry a lot more now than you did before coronavirus? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us do. Have you talked to your friends about how they feel? Do you know how they feel about coronavirus? I bet they feel sad because they miss me. Because I miss my friends, and they miss their friends, and they miss multiple friends. Yeah, so what do you do every day? Now you wake up, and what do you do every day? Uh, Yesterday, we went on a walk out. My mom and dad bought me a new scooter, and I rode down hills. Did you know that some scooters can ride on grass, but mine can? And it also has a kickstand. Whoa. Have you ever seen a scooter have a kickstand? You know what? I had a scooter when I was your age that had a kickstand, and it was the coolest thing in the world. Wait, when you were seven? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mine probably looked different than yours because mine was pink and it had flowers all over it. Mine didn't have anything on it. Only the color green and black. Those are pretty cool colors. All right, so I want to know... What, so if there's other kids listening to this, 
I want to know what what do you want to say to them if they're feeling sad? It's okay. I really hope that you don't get the coronavirus. Just keep washing your hands, wash your face, and stay six feet away from people. That is a great, great message. I really hope that you get to go back to school soon and you get to see your friends soon. Yeah. Mom, you have anything you want to add? <laughs> I didn't know you knew all that. <laughs> I just, I just was oh. thinking really hard. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it's definitely been hard to keep on track. You know, we see a lot of more outbursts during this time and the kids are really frustrated. So we've been having to take cool down times ourselves to just take a moment to step back and like reevaluate because it's super hard. Everyone being cooped up in the house and not being able to see friends or family. And it's, it's coming out in behaviors definitely. But what have you been doing Victor to get some of your anger out? What do we, what do we send you in the backyard to do? Yell and break sticks at the tree. Yep. And sometimes to help me calm down like a rock line. Yep. Or ride my scooter. Or ride my bike. Anything. Yeah, because Victor has a lot of energy. So he needs to be outside playing or something. But Right? Yeah, I run like the Flash. (laughs) Victor, do you have any siblings? A sibling? What is a sibling? Do you have a brother, you have a brother or sister? I have a baby brother. He's one and his name is Jackson. Okay, you think Jackson has any idea what's going on or you think he's just happy he gets to see you all day? The, he he loves, loves, loves me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you like that you're getting to spend some more time with him? Yeah. And one, one time when, before the coronavirus was made, uh, Jackson, in the morning when I was about to go to Spack Jackson, um, when we were at home after I was done eating breakfast, Jackson was watching a show and putting his hands on me like he loves me, touching me. He has to touch me to watch his TV show, right? Because mm-hmm. he loves you. He loves me. <laughs> What have you been doing with your cousin? What have you guys been doing every week? The newscast. The kids' local newscast. Yeah. yeah. So every week they've been recording videos and we send them to my sister-in-law. She puts together this local newscast. It's a bunch Wait. of kids in Marysville, yeah. Lapeer. Um, and they've been doing like this newscast every week and reporting on all different kinds of stuff. And then we put it on YouTube, huh? I uh, talk about a lot of stuff like rock climbing is one of them uh movie review is what i did this morning and stuff like that i think it's important for parents to just keep on with their mental health and keep up with their mental health i know i've been talking to my therapist every week to make sure that i know the right things to help you understand right yeah mm-hmm and just making some time and taking some self-care time for yourself. Wash your hands, stay six feet apart, and take some time for yourself. Kids are so much more aware of things than we ever realize. And kids, like teenagers and like adults, all have very valid emotions about facing this pandemic. Yes, it could be worse. It could always be worse. But that doesn't make any experience that these guests are facing, or you are facing, any less meaningful. 
It is so much more than okay if your diet isn't working, if your novel isn't being written, or even if you haven't worn pants in days. This is a new territory of emotions for so many people. We are embarking on a new world together. But I do want to take a moment to recognize that there is an entire population of people who have to live like this forever. When the world settles into its new routine, let's not go back to normal. We've learned that yes, it is possible to work from home. And yes, we could do a Zoom party instead of always needing to meet in public. And yes, we could offer more online concerts and tours and social experiences that so many have been left out of. During my illness, I faced social distancing alone. I watched in sadness as the world continued without missing a beat. This is our opportunity for empathy and for recognizing that the antiquated, but that's the way we've always done it, line is complete and total bullshit. We will not be the same at the end of this. We are not the same now. Whether it's tomorrow or next year, we will survive. And we will have the chance to ask ourselves, now what? Thank you for listening to this episode of You Survived, Now What? Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. This show is created, hosted, and produced by me, with cover art by my rad dad, Max McLaren, and original music and editing from Evan Nill. If you would like to be a guest or share your story using your name or anonymously, please email your story to yousurvivednowwhat at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook or on Instagram at YSNWpodcast. Tune in each week to laugh with us, cry with us, and survive with us. And remember to never tell anyone it could be worse. I survived. I survived. I survived. Now what?